Welcome to episode two of season six of Flop Stars, Thanks. the podcast where we talk. <laughs> it's good to have you. That's Nick Kelly, my co-host, who's jumped ahead a little. But this is the podcast about albums that are close to our hearts but may not have performed on the charts. Now, I put a little asterisk next to that comment because the album we're doing this week has actually performed quite well on the charts, actually. Very well. It had several big hits with some of the biggest artists of our generation. But, nonetheless, we're putting it in the flop stars category. Please welcome to the podcast, David Getter's Nothing But The Beat. So glad now, it's here. Do we need to talk about why, you are, why we've got it in here? I feel like you should lay this because it's in here all because of you and... <laughs> I'm going to go back on the message. So Sam got married a few months ago and the night before there was a, there was a party. Um, it was spaghetti disco was the theme and a David Getter song. I can't remember exactly which one, but a David Getter song played and we all went off to it. And I messaged you, David Getter, nothing but the beat flop stars, just parking this to which you replied, ha ha ha. So... When did I reply? On the night? On the night. I think at like three in the morning. So that was the night before my wedding. The night before and your I was, wedding. <laughs> I was thinking about flop stars. That's how dedicated I am to this exactly. podcast. Exactly. But I wanted, I, I think it's an interesting one to dive into. And I think, you know, in a, on a sincere note, it was a pretty pivotal moment in EDM music, this was. And I think it represented a really big moment for dance music at large. And I think it's good to do it now because... We've just seen David Guetta have the biggest hit he's had in over a decade, have his biggest hit since this record, in essence, and with, with I'm, I'm mm. Good with BB Rexa. And yeah, I think it's worth looking at what this record did because, yeah, there are songs that have staying power that still we still listen to today and are still on the radio today. But I, I, I felt at large, you know, David Guetta... David Guetta is kind of thought of by many in mainstream circles, almost in a comical manner. You know, he is this almost larger-than-life caricature of a, of a DJ. Um, a, a, yeah. a prolifically French man as well. Just one of the most <laughs> French people you'll ever come across. And I just, I, I find so much around David Guetta and his rise and the idea of the DJ that's also the pop star to be so fascinating. So I thought it would be worth us deep diving a little bit further into this. But you were right. This album had six top ten singles so, in the US. Um, I'm, surpri- yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, quite, quite a commercial juggernaut. It may actually be one of the highest selling albums we've ever done on Flop Stars, maybe alongside Adele's 19. Yeah. But I get it. You're calling David Guetta a flop as a star because you don't think he's taken seriously yeah. as a star. Yeah. And and I would I would, you know, sub sub that with I take him seriously and I think he's done a phenomenal job over two and a half decades, if not longer, of making himself a bona fide superstar and of being, you know, one of the world's highest paid DJs ever. And he's made remarkable pop songs. And, and pop songs that absolutely last and I think were a blueprint for a few years of dance pop to come afterwards. So let's dive. Let's dive deep into this thing because there were some fascinating stories to come out of this as well. I mean, the first album was One Love that we got, I think, about a year before that. And that was sort of, you know, that was in that Ministry of Sound kind of world. And, you know, we were starting to hear him in DJ sets and at clubs and stuff. Not that I was at clubs. I was like 13 when that came out. But I remember the CD (laughs) and thinking, this is what I think a a nightclub sounds like. What What kind of star was David Guetta, you know, when this record came out? What was he perceived as? Well, he was he was lifting off by this point. I think it's very interesting to position this album where it was because EDM was just starting to become the dominant genre in pop music. And the reason it had become that way was largely because of David Guetta. He had When Love Takes Over with Kelly Rowland, which kind of changed the game in terms of what a pop song could be. I mean, you've got to think that only years before that, they used to split the singles um, between Europe and the US. They were two different markets and the US would get the urban side of it and Europe would get the dancier side. It wasn't EDM per se, but like 
house and varieties of that. So Kelly Rowland was a real game changer in terms of this because you can see with any of her records, there's this real division between the urban songs and the the EDM songs. And then she stepped on When Love Takes Over and it really changed the game, completely changed the game. Changed the sound of pop music for years to come, for better or for worse. So by the time we get to Nothing But The Beat, everyone knows that David Guetta is kind of the leading force of this revolution that's going on. He's up there with Calvin Harris, who hasn't quite, like, matched Guetta's level yet, Mm. but the two of them are are really leading this, along with, I suppose, the Black Eyed Peas, who a few years before had had, like, um, Boom Boom Pow. Was it Boom Boom Pow? Boom Boom... Yep. Boom Boom Pow. And then... And then I got a feeling which David Guetta is credited on as well. So he's just leading this charge. And then we get to this album and it's really at the point where if you hate EDM, you're going to hate it even more because it's becoming very oversaturated. <laughs> yeah. But if you're loving it, it's everywhere. You know, you've got the Pitbulls, the Flowriders, the Nicki Minaj's, the Rihanna's, like everybody's jumped on board. And this album feels like a celebration of a genre that is at or reaching its commercial peak. I think you've just beautifully spoken to this record and its its point in time. And I think as well, I think this struck at, a, at that time of the Pitbulls of the world where we were making, and I would put LMFAO into this category as well on a very serious note, that this was a time when dance music could be joyous and ridiculous yeah. and a bit silly and still be taken very seriously commercially as well. And I think it, it, it yeah. definitely was a small window. It wasn't a window that could continue because I think the novelty wore off very quickly um, when, when you've got such an explosion of joy and, and silliness in in a short period of time i think we kind of we kind of get sick of that and that very much happened with lmfao i mean you know they had party rock anthem one of the highest selling singles of all time and then red food two years later releases an album that sells 50 copies first week so it, yeah. it the bubble burst quite quickly but i think what this album did really nicely and even you know the ultimate edition which is 29 songs long which is just it just bloats the fuck out and i love it but what it did is it not just it not just captured the joy and the silliness and you know I, I think when love take, when when love takes over is an example of this but I think without you and Titanium and She Wolf there were, there was some seriousness to these records as well there was some really you know there was some poignancy to them and and the themes were quite emotional and and important and he was working with the the perfect writers to bring out the emotion of dance music as well but contextualize it in this kind of yeah. you know in the, in this silly kind of world where you could still dance to it um which i think at the end of the day i mean is, isn't that kind of the whole goal of a really great pop music it's to move you but also speak to something more important at the same time and maybe this did it in in just a, a way more obvious way Yeah, I mean, it's a time when people were after music like that. They were after euphoric, joyous, carefree music, which is kind of, funnily enough, the period that we're going back into right now, which may explain why he's having um, a little bit of a comeback with BB Rexa. So it it is interesting to go go back and, and listen to this album, but I think what strikes me most, and it touches on what you said about him too, is that he has this real issue with legitimacy and with people taking him seriously. And I think the issue was, within pop, we're coming off this period where pop rock was the the mode. Yep. All the big records, Katy Perry, Kelly Clarkson, Avril Lavigne, they all had guitars and instruments on them. They were probably compressed within an inch of their life and bearing no recognition, like, no... No, they weren't like the instrument at all. But for some reason, people saw that as being some kind of mark of um, authenticity. So then when it turns to dance culture, they think there's absolutely no authenticity in it. And interestingly, a lot of the people who interviewed David Guetta during this era made note that he mentioned several times in the interview that he's a DJ, that he DJs. Because I think DJing made out that there was some kind of level of skill involved. Like if he was up there and actually DJing, yep. 
then people would believe that he had some kind of talent. Which is so interesting. For so- I feel like now we're in a period where we really celebrate the producer and we really celebrate people like Max Martin who have really become so monumental in pop music that we just didn't owe the same respect at that point. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, it's really... It's a really interesting question as to how, you know, physically involved David is in the production of these records as well. And I think, you know, being positioned as a DJ, and I mean, I, I, I reckon the conversation probably happened, do we put this, you know, these records out as DJ David Getter? You know, so people are really clear on, on what he yeah. is and what his, you know, what his skill is. And I suppose... It, it it's an important question as to what a DJ actually is as an artist. And I, I, I'm of the opinion that you can be a DJ artist and, and that your role is as a curator. You know, I think there is no one more tapped in to know how to move an audience and a crowd than a DJ. They know intrinsically yeah. what makes you spend hours up there. You and I have both DJed. You know, we and we've only done a, a small portion of David Guetta's um, f- nearly forty years playing to crowds, but <laughs> I know I've done Ultra Miami <laughs> <laughs> on the side stage, easy. Make Did a, in my sleep. Make a wish stage. Um, I think <laughs> they would put you on that. You would do that. I want to play Ultra Miami. I'm not dying. I don't have a wish. <laughs> you <laughs> not yet. Um, they <laughs> So fucking morbid. Okay. <laughs> wow. Back to reality. You've wished death on me. You don't have <laughs> yep. a leg to stand on anymore. Hex on you now. I think, I think um, I've lost my train of thought because I was too busy putting a hex on. Um, I, I I think like, th- like he's been DJing since 1984. So he knows exactly how to move a crowd. And I think these, these songs really, really. How old like is that. he? He's 55, 56 now. 54. He's oh 54. my gosh! So he's releasing these records like well into his 40s. Yeah, yeah. This is like this is wow. late in his career, and he's been producing since the early 90s, um, and, and collaborating and remixing. So he starts he starts when he hears um, a house track by Jack Master Funk on French radio in 1987. The next year he started doing his own club yeah. nights, and then his first release was a collaboration. It was a hip hop song. Um, with a French rapper named Sidney Dutte called Nation Rap. So 1990 is his first song. And he continues to go around these, you know, nightclubs in France and and build his skills as a DJ, but also have some minor success releasing music in the early 90s as well. So it's quite phenomenal to think, you know, he's gone from, he's been releasing and releasing and releasing, but the hits didn't start until the mid 2000s when clearly everything came together just perfectly all of a sudden you had this kind of like you know and and we need to probably talk about how much of a character he is he's a funny fucking guy and he's he's loud (laughs) and bonkers and just says weird shit and just owns owns it and he he, i remember early interviews with him and he was just a joy to have on the on the shows um yeah, and and there's so much, you know. You, I was talking about the seriousness of some of the records towards the start of Nothing But the Beat, but then you get towards the end, and you've got songs like I Just Want to F with Timberland and Dev, and you've got What the Fuck by David Guetta towards the end, uh, Toy Story, <laughs> and then just two songs named after cities at the very end of it as well. I mean, it was a, it was fun as well. It was. But the thing I love is that he really believes in it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't think that he's selling out. No. He doesn't think what he's doing is corny. He literally says in an interview, I just want to F. I love those lyrics. <laughs> like... He doesn't give a shit. And I listened to that song <laughs> last night. I'm like, this is atrocious. This is a ridiculous it's song. It's so funny. It's oh. so funny. I mean... I will say that as an album, this doesn't work for me. I've, it's, it's, to be honest, I couldn't get through it in one sitting. It's a I had sprawling to split it mess. Up. But it's not, an al- it's not an album. It's a, it's a playlist. It's a collection of songs, really. I yeah. mean, the idea that producers like him and even DJ Cullen and stuff should be releasing albums in the first place is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. But... It is nice to be able to go back on it now and have this collection of a period of time. And what I respect about this album the most is that he had a really good ear for pulling artists 
in a direction that they perhaps hadn't gone in before. So Nicki Minaj, for example, is at this point coming up as a rapper and she hasn't quite crossed over into pop yet. She She's doing well with Super Bass, but she hasn't quite crossed over and he gets her to sing over an EDM song, Turn Me On, with no prior knowledge as to whether she could sing or not. He was just attracted to her personality and her star power. And she kills it on Turn Me On. Absolutely. And then Sia as well, an obscure Australian songwriter who's got some great credits at that point with um, people like Christina Aguilera. And he decides that he wants to keep her vocals from the demo of Titanium over some huge songwriters, uh, over some huge vocalists that were tested for the song. He keeps her... And it makes the song. It, yep. Like, Titanium is nothing without those Sia vocals on it. So I think that's really cool. Like, you've got to give him some credit See, for doing that. Sia speaks to this quite regularly in interviews that without Titanium, the course of her career would not have gone in the so highly successful direction that it did. This was such a turning point for her. And, and, you know, still remains one of her biggest songs, if not her biggest. But this was the moment where she realised, you know, and she almost had to be forced into it. But she realised through yeah. that and through the celebration of this record that this actually was the direction she wanted to go in because she was very happy sitting at home with her, her dogs writing songs for other people, letting them have them. Yeah. And, you know, being a recluse and continuing to be a recluse. And this song pulled her out of that and she still remained physically a recluse, but she was much more comfortable and confident having her vocal back on on tracks and particularly moving into this dance and and pop world when she had been, you know, a a star of alt-pop as an artist and then writing, you know, mainstream pop songs for other people but she'd never put the two together and thought that she could be the one that Pulled sings those songs the spotlight. yeah so he's done a phenomenal I mean, job of that and so and we could almost say that it's david getter's fault that she released music the film <laughs> there's a scene in heartbreak high um have you watched heartbreak high yet the the reboot i haven't it's, no there's a scene where um quinny who's um autistic um, is sa- trying yeah. to explain to her girlfriend that she's autistic, and and Quinny goes, but you don't, you don't like um, you don't like seem autistic, like you seem fine. And then Quinny goes, okay, see ya, and walks away. <laughs> and it's it's one of the, the lines of the whole series. It's like it's that's so, so brilliant. It's so, so good. It's so so good. good. But should we maybe should we chat through a few of the collaborators on this thing as some squawking birds go over the top? Um, because yeah. some of the names, I mean, it's literally everyone. It's everyone who was enormous. We've got Usher, Nicki Minaj, Sia, Chris Brown, Lil Wayne, Neo, Akon, uh, Nervo, who we'll touch on in a second, Flowrider, yeah. Taya Cruz, Luda, Timberlands, Dev, Jennifer Hudson, Jesse J, Tegan and Sarah. There's about three tracks with Afrojack on there, Avicii and Nicki Romero. I mean... No one's been left out Huge. there. No one's been left no. out. He got everyone he wanted. Absolutely no one. And I kind of miss the days when people would do albums like this yes. in pop. Like, obviously, we have DJ Khaled now who kind of pulls together anybody and everybody for a hip-hop record. But, like, these kind of albums don't really happen that often anymore. No. Dance albums are not happening like this. And I think there's some strength as well with with what's happening with dance music where... They're often choosing more obscure vocalists because they're right for the song. And, you know, I think yeah. an artist like Zed leads the charge on this. I mean, Zed, Zed has his pick of the bunch of anyone, but he is steadfast on getting the right person. And it's paid off on yeah. so many times. I mean, you just have to look at the middle, um, which the, we, know, we all know the story. We've discussed it on this show, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, Sarah Aaron's yeah. put that vocal down and they just needed to find the right person because Sarah didn't want her vocal on it they just needed to find the exact right person that could hit all the, the weird quirks of sarah's voice and and take yeah. it into another dimension and it took to marin morris over some of the biggest charting hit makers at the time including Anne marie and camilla cabello it took until they got to marin yeah. um you know there is some definitely some credit where credit's due in that space where it's not about finding the biggest superstar to sing the song but also all these superstars like feel like they were the right person for the track, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. 
It doesn't feel like, as much as I don't like some of the songs, it never feels like the people are there just because they're big. Yeah, exactly. It always makes sense. It always does. Why don't we do then, um, this actually leads really well into my game. Shall we do my game here? Let's do that. Okay. That's a little bit of a switch up. Yeah, we'll do my, well, I'm just thinking it's the perfect segue. My game is called Without Then Who. Stars. It's based on Without You by David Guetta yeah. and Usher. And I want to recast some of the songs on Nothing But The Beat with your help. Okay. So it's less of a game. Okay, I love this. Less of a game, more yeah. of a conversation about who we could have pulled in for this. Now, I'm thinking, I don't okay. think we need to pull in 2012 stars. I'm happy with some modern people. If we were redoing Nothing But The Beat in 2022... Who okay, are we cool. reaching out like to? Like a tribute album. Absolutely. Nothing but the beat, yeah. ultimate edition, and then in brackets, tribute afterwards. Okay. So we're going to recast. Cool. I want to start with Without You, with Usher. This was a song so strong that Usher wanted it for his record because he was playing in that kind of dance pop lane at the time. But yeah, David got it over the line. And luckily, they had major success together. But can you think of someone who might be a good vocalist in 2022 for Without You? He really kills it on that song. Yeah, doesn't he? I know, and and this is what we've been talking about. That as enormous as all of these stars were, that's really hard. It's a hard you know one. Who I would want? Scissor. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about putting a woman on it. Yes. Yeah, I feel like that could really work. Yep, that's. Perfect. Okay, so you're, you're going to be good at this. You're going to be good at this. There's one that I really yeah. want to recast because I think it's actually one of the best songs on the record, but it's unfortunately yeah. features one of the worst people in music, and that is I Can Only Imagine with Chris Brown and Lil Wayne. Um, <gasps> I still remember the video for this coming out. I remember like the, the weird little... Um, they set David Getter up in this like box, and it's like this futuristic DJ deck, and it's the lamest shit ever, but it's also the greatest. So if we're, yeah. if we're removing... That asshole, and we, we can keep Lil Wayne if we want, but let's pull him off just for fun. So we can get a rapper on there. We need a really good vocalist that works well with auto tune because this song is auto tuned with, within okay. an inch of its life, and we need a rapper yeah. on there. Thoughts? Oh, this is really hard. Um, I would say, oh my god, this is really tough. I've got an idea. Do you want me to give you my? Yeah, take? can you go? Yeah. I'd put Kim Petrus and Ty Dolla Sign on this. Oh, wow. I love that. I think Kim would kill that top line. Absolutely body it. Take it to another dimension. Yeah. And I think Ty would just match match what Wayne did because it was one of Wayne's more up-tempo kind of moments. Yeah. Um, yeah, very odd for him. Yeah. And I just okay, I love that. I would suit. Love it. Has this inspired you? Okay, I think I'm... Yeah, yeah, that has inspired me. I don't have a better one than that. Mine was gonna. I was thinking Khalid, but I don't think he could do. Wouldn't be no. Wouldn't be. Wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't be bad. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking someone that just auto tune, just meets their voice really beautifully. And I'm. I'm just thinking about the heart to breaks, and yeah. Yeah, I love it. It would work. Okay, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. This is going to be a difficult one because it was perfect. It's got the middle effect. What are we doing with Titanium? Who's replacing Sia on Titanium? This feels sacrilege oh. to even ask. It's it's crazy. It's also a very spe- specific type of vocalist too. Like, yeah. you can't just go for the biggest, like, Beyonce or Rihanna, I don't think, no. could do it justice. It's really hard. For some reason, the name that keeps coming to my mind is Ava Max. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Yeah, you might be right. I just feel like she can hit that. I think she can. Those yeah. really high notes. And, and she's, she's got, got a bit of personality in her voice. And a dramatic... She's got a dramatic tone, doesn't she? She can do yeah. drama. And this song is drama personified. She's very dramatic. That's the problem. A lot of the pop stars these days aren't dramatic enough. Yep. I've always thought. So I think, yeah, I think I'll stand with that. I don't think it would be anywhere near as big, but she'd be there. <laughs> she, she'd be on it. Beautiful. Thank you for <laughs> recasting in 
a game I like to call without then who. <laughs> without without then. then who. Like without comma okay. then who question mark. <laughs> Good to know. We won't be bringing that back. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's let's talk about this album from a critical perspective because they didn't like it. No. They hated it. And I feel like it was the thing to kind of tear down records like this. At the time, I don't think people like Calvin Harris or Avicii were receiving much critical love either. Um, The same as I don't think I'm good with David Guetta and BB Rexha is going to be finding itself in the critics top songs of the year um the guardian gave it a two out of five and said getter's music has become the dominant sound of pop and in that context it's interchangeable efficiency is turning sour um and av club said um nothing but the beat is obsessed with the sex swagger and sensation of club culture and taken individually its songs are well made um but a deficiency of texture and emotional build causes them to blend into a predictable, exhausting murk of smoke and lasers, which I do agree with to some extent. Yeah, me too. Outside of the singles, I do think that the formula grows a little tired, which is difficult to hear when you have literally made the formula. You know? (laughs) Exactly. And maybe it had to be loud and abrasive and a bit messy to make its mark and to make its impact and and to really there is no no one with a clearer kind of definition of of who they are as a musician and and what their sound is than david getter the name alone you you know what you're getting you know what you're getting and you're getting joy and you're getting euphoric dance music but yeah, the, uh, as an actual listen, as a kind of sit down listen, or or something to listen to on a on a run, uh, or a drive. Yeah, you're kind of listening to the same record over and over again at points, aren't you? You know, it, it, the 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 formula it's, kind of exhausts itself after about six or seven songs. Definitely, and it's it's funny because if you think about it, like somebody like Disclosure, make that first record, it's brilliant, yep. and it gets praised by critics everywhere and then everybody starts making music that sounds like Disclosure and suddenly on the second album when they basically do the same thing again it's like nah we don't like it something yeah. new please yeah exactly so you have to keep moving and I, I David has really kept on to this sound for a very long time <laughs> like even his like most recent albums he was kind of chasing a similar yep. thing to this which is amazing um but I guess when you make a song like Titanium, which really sets the pop compass, like so many people tried to recreate this this song down the line. And I think you've got to think people, producers like Zed would not exist if it weren't for this song. Yep. I don't think. It really made the blueprint of how you put a pop vocalist on an EDM beat. Yep. And I think, you know, without 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 having many quotes in front of me, you ask any of these big name dance producers of 2022 their thoughts on David. They are, uh, and they yeah. are glowing. They are glowing reviews. Surely he's a yeah. he's Surely. a he's a beloved figure and a and from all reports a very generous guy as well. And I think you know something really beautiful about what he's done, not just on this album, but seemingly his whole career is he's just brought people together. You know, not just not just people in a studio, not just other artists all brought together, but bringing fans together in a room as well. And you know that seems to have been the through line of his forty years is is bringing bringing human connection to music. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that you can't take away, regardless of your thoughts on the record. I think as well, yeah, going back to you know the formula conversation, I'm good, which is his twenty twenty two number one single is yeah about as close to this formula as you get it's a so close stonking loud dance song with an obvious sample and some pianos in it it's just it's nothing but the beat again and it's a number one again so commitment to the bit commitment to the bit works but i think that it's been long enough now 
where we're coming back around again. The cycle. You know, because EDM took so many branches after this. Obviously, this was the height of it when it was such a powerful EDM sound. And then we bridged into, like, Trop House and and Trap, and it just kept morphing further and further away from the EDM sound because people had grown so tired of the power of it. And it became more and more, like, sanded down until we got back to the point where electronic music had basically left the mainstream completely. And we had people like Billy coming through who were giving more of a singer-songwriter vibe and hip-hop was popping off on the other side of it. And now I think we're at a side where people are like, actually kind of miss the <laughs> the dancey the like, side of music where it was just a little silly and like we didn't have to think so much about it, which yeah. obviously comes after a period of kind of global turmoil. But it's interesting. I do think the cycle's coming round. <laughs> and if you stick with a formula long enough, <laughs> eventually you come back into fashion. Like yeah. if I kept wearing trucker hats this whole time, you know... <laughs> Eventually, I'll be fashionable <laughs> again. It's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. It is. And can I just say, thank fuck you're not wearing trucker hats. Would not work for you. I've got a trucker hat in the cupboard. Show me. I look pretty good in that too. Show me. Oh, actually, yeah. Actually, yeah, you would suit a trucker hat. See, yeah. it's back. It's a nice colour. <laughs> Looks like what? <laughs> you have to keep that on for the Go rest on. of the podcast now. No, was, no, don't worry. I will. Actually, well, I think it's only because no, you're wearing I the. I think it's because hat hair for Jesse wear. No, you can't. I think it's because you're wearing the Justin Bieber top, but it reminds me of that um, the Drew collection of Justin Bieber's clothes with all the smiles. On oh it yes, yeah. Yep. It's giving yep. that. <laughs> have I told you the story about the Justin Bieber's top before? Possibly. I when I was in it. New York. I lined up for it because I just love a line and um, came very close, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> even further than very close to um to wetting myself in the line for <laughs> just a Bieber t-shirt. <laughs> Holy shit. But you got the goods? I've got it. I'm here oh to tell God. the story. Look at him. <laughs> Astonishing story. Worth every drop. worth every drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Do you remain? Can't remember where we were. Should we go into the song game? Let's do the song game. Flop stars. Ew. Okay. So I wanna just put us like plonk us right into the EDM uh well. Plonk me. Of this time. And I wanna do songs from this album. Versus EDM giants from a similar time. So it's all going to be about EDM. We're going to start with one which is an absolutely huge team up. Titanium. Versus We Found Love by Rihanna. Produced by Calvin Harris. Holy shit. That's a very Gotta be the two one. biggest songs that came from this. Um, on, sure. a, on a question of technicality, is We Found Love really a Rihanna song produced by Calvin Harris? Yeah. I always what did you had, think it was? I always had it in my head as Calvin Harris featuring Rihanna. Nah, it was the lead single for um, Talk That Talk. Unfucking believable Yeah. There you go. Well, even more impressive to me now. Um, matching these two up is a very difficult That's, one. It's your input, the patriarchy. Influences you, obviously. No. Biggest the media generation. She's still got to be the featured She's artist. Reduced to a featured artist. Classic Nick Kelly misogyny. You are the media. Her. Imagine how many times you've said on the radio, Calvin Harris featuring Rihanna there, and all these small girls who wanted to be small girls vocalists. You're the one calling them right. small girls. You're the one. because well, they are small. They're children. I don't broadcast to children. I broadcast to 37-year-old women named Debbie with two kids. That's who, who I would broadcast. have two kids in the car. True. Who want to be pop two stars. Two little kids. Two budding pop stars who now feel like they go need to go and hang out at the local mall and look for a producer. Probably named Steve. <laughs> He's got some... <laughs> 
dank studio out somewhere. That's about as central coast as it gets as well. There's so many producers producers named Steve. Anyway, back to back to business. Titanium. <laughs> I love we are talking about two we of the build songs worlds of all time in but... this in this in this show, don't we? We just build these alternate universes for 30 seconds at a time. I'm always so impressed. <laughs> right, all right. Titanium. Big, loud, um, excellent. We found love. Also anthemic. I think these two we're talking about two real anthems of this era of dance music. Um, but I'm gonna have to go. We found love. I just feel like it brings people together a little bit more than Titanium does, but only a little bit more. And it could have gone either way. But it's it's Rihanna for me. Yeah, I think Titanium is so big that it almost sounds out any personality that it could have, and the statements that it makes are so overarching. Yeah. And not that that's not true of We Found Love to some extent. But Rihanna brings something so personal to the song, and the verses have enough space to really be, yep, to 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 not be so generic, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I've got to go. We found love as well. Great, shake hand agreement. Great, feeling good about it. All right, now it's without you. Versus, I want you to know by Zed and Selena Gomez. Mm. Toffee, without you, with Usher, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier on, I think it's just, it's a perfect Usher collaboration, I think it's probably, for me, it really almost is the epitome of that really amazing combination that David gets so right in so many ways on this album of, you know, yearning and emotion, but joy at the same time, so, yeah. It really is for me one of the m- more perfect songs on the album. Um, I want you to know has never felt like the epitomal Zed song. It's felt a little bit. It's got a little bit of a cheese factor to it, I think, as well. Um, you know, I, I can think of a million better Zed examples. Not a million, but maybe three or four better Zed examples um, that would that could have beaten Usher for this. But it's going to be David yeah. Guetta for this one. It's going to be without you. I knew that that was going to be a risk choosing this Zed song, but I chose it because it's my favourite. It's your favourite? <laughs> I love it because it's just so... It came so at the point when EDM was just so oversaturated and it's so cheesy and so corny and Selena's not even necessarily the right person to sing the song, but <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it that feels so nostalgic to me and I also feel like it was the start of like PC music. Like, I just yeah. get that vibe from it, which is why I love it so much. But I think Without You is the... Maybe it's the... It could be the best song on the album. I think yeah. it's one of the only songs where he doesn't really steamroll the vocals with, like, that heavy EDM production. And it builds really beautifully as well. Um, so I think I'm going to go Without You as well. Great. Yeah, I think we'll talk about this when we do our best and worst at the end, but he really he really lets Usher be Usher on this song. He does. Um, yeah. It's so unsurprising that Usher tried to get it for himself and, and just as a production credit instead. Um, what's our third matchup? Uh, the third matchup is Where Them Girls At, Feet Flowrider and Nicki Minaj. Versus Die Young by Kesha. Oh, this is so hard. How can you put two years ago I renewed my license? Anyway, why to start my verse like that? You can suck a dick or you can suck on a ball sack. I don't endorse that, but I bought that. Like just just the other day I go in London. Like just it's just words. This is football, why the fuck they're trying to tackle me, really? This is why Nick this so, sorry, I will let you talk, but like this is why Nikki is so great because EDM asks you to be the most generic version of yourself, and Flowrider <laughs> does that with pleasure. <laughs> Nikki is like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> I remember it. It literally there's such a juxtaposition on there, isn't there? I think, but as well, like. Nikki's singing on this song sounds immaculate as well. Like she just mm. she works so perfectly and she works really well with Flo Rida's vocal. I remember seeing around this time, I remember seeing um 
someone leaked like a pitch document that had been sent around to like the A&Rs looking for songs for Flowrider. And it was yeah. like, all, all songs must be EDM about alcohol, um, partying, dancing or women. Um, feel free to pitch us your songs. <laughs> and, and he, he was just like so up for it. He was so up for it. He just, he attached himself to some of the great sexual innuendos of the 2010s and got away with it somehow. Um, he had a brand. He had a brand just like David. He had a brand and he stuck to it. So I think, He yeah, really I think did. This is up there in terms of David Guetta songs. That said, Kesha Die Young, I think is one of her more perfect songs. I, th- I know it represents a, 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 a shitty era for her, but... Yeah. It's an absolute belter of a song. Like, it's a perfect pop song. This is probably even tougher than Titanium and We Found Love. Um, I reckon I'm just going to have to go Wear Them Girls Out, though. Just for the... And it's Nikki that gets it over the line for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the same for me. I'm going Wear Them Girls Out purely for <laughs> Nikki's contribution. I don't even who's, remember. Like, it could have been any Bryson? single male rapper rapping on that it didn't matter like she just completely brought it so she wins it for me she's back for the final the final verses which is turn me on versus i need your love by calvin harris and ellie goulding oh it's a tough one oh because i need your love is top tier calvin isn't it and yeah. I think it's got so many it's got so many like twists and turns in it. It doesn't feel like it's just building up to one thing. It's it's quite you know, quite um quite strong in that way. Um but oh, turn me on. Oh, it's a top I'm nah, I'm gonna give it to Calvin. I'm gonna give it to Calvin. I think this is one of his more yeah. defining defining hits. What about you? Calvin found vocalists that could let their personality shine a little more on EDM yep. songs, I think. And Ellie was one of them. And they did a few songs together. Yeah. And both of them are great. Whereas at a point, I think it became like, it didn't really matter who was on the David Guetta song. And I know he says that he brought Nikki into pop with Turn Me On and made her sing, but I don't necessarily think she should have. Like, Turn Me On's yep. not my favourite David Guetta song. She sounds just so, like, maxed out on the chorus that it's verging on unlistenable now, I thought. Yeah. Whereas Calvin, yeah, Calvin was better at choosing vocalists, I would say. And I Need Your Love is a cla- like an EDM classic. A Su- classic, baby. Such a great song. I-, I love it. So I'm going with I Need Your Love, which I think puts it at about two wins. For- oh, we agreed on every single one. We did. That's a that's a, a shocker. Wow. Oh, yeah, but you, no, we you were very... Yeah, you were, I was just going to say you were very close to the, the fence on Zed and Selena. And I want you to know, much closer I was than I was. Close, so we disagree on that being a great song, but you didn't but exactly I didn't do it. Came through with the goods. Flop stars. I think I've just realised. I think I, I think I broke my toe last night. I stubbed it. Really? Yeah, I stubbed it really like heavily, <gasps> and. I'm just touching it now, and I'm like, yeah, that feels pretty broken, and it's pretty. Swollen. That's crazy. You say that because I am also hopping around at the moment because I think I might have a stress fracture. So oh we my both god! Can't walk. We're both EDM injured. weeks left us legless, which sounds about right. <laughs> Wear them girls out, just in dance from all the dancing. Is it swollen? We were doing in preparation. Yeah, it's very swollen. I'm just looking at it now. It's very swollen. Is it? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Oh my god. Purple. Yeah, it's fucking purple. Purple, but purple's good, purple. isn't it? Doesn't purple mean bruised? I don't know. Oh, it's very sore. I, I mean, by the good. time we ask someone to write in and tell us, you'll, you'll need amputation. And it will. It's going to keep growing. <laughs> I'll be right, lady. Don't worry about me. Sun's just come out here. Hello. <laughs> this is why this podcast is going for Blows bloody fuck out. You can said- basically spend two hours a week with us um, between this and the pop-in. So... <laughs> In the interest of moving it along, would you like to play a game? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, my game this week is beautifully titled, succinctly titled, Did David Getter Say This? Okay. So, <laughs> from going through what he said in interviews about this record, I was quite amused. <laughs> and so, this game, you're going to have to tell me whether these words came out of David Getter's mouth or whether I just made it up. 
Are you ready? And considering some of the shit that comes out of David Guetta's mouth, this is going to be a difficult one. Hit me. <laughs> the first one is, I want to party in space because I make alien music. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, this, that feels David Guetta. That feels appropriate. I'm imagining that this is- with a French accent as well. That is David Guetta. Yes! Told the you next one at this. is titanium is unbreakable like the bond between Sia and I. <laughs> it's so corny that I reckon it's come out of your mouth. But Why do you yeah. think I'm cornier than David Guetta? No, I reckon you've just got the ability to make corny quotes up. It is. I, I knew it was. I knew it was. See, look at you trying to throw me off. <laughs> Never get me. <laughs> All right. The next one is Nicole Schetzinger's vocals weren't good enough for that record. Whoa. Okay. I, I really want to know what record this is about. I'm going to presume this was David because I feel... But, but also he's a friend. Oh, this is hard. No, he's a friend to artists. He would never badmouth them. This is you. What do you mean he's a friend to artists? A friend to all artists. Would never badmouth their vocals. You made this up. I did make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I thought I was going to get you on that one. <laughs> nah, you nearly did, but I pivoted. <laughs> the next one is Calvin Hang on, Harris. Why did you, why did you choose? Why did you choose that? Why did I you just thought Nicole Schertzinger should funny. have been yeah. on one of his records and she wasn't. So I was <laughs> thinking so about right. the reason why. Yes. <laughs> the next one is Calvin Harris can be a little annoying. Oh, okay. This would have been said in jest because, again, friend to all artists, but this would have been a David Getter quote. Nah, I made it up. Oh, stop it! <laughs> Just making up defamatory quotes about other artists and claiming David Getter said them. You <laughs> can't keep doing this. <laughs> I can make everything I do come from my laptop. Even when I go into a big studio, all I do is plug in my laptop. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's David Getter. <laughs> and also you. That is doing, David Getter. <laughs> it's also you doing the podcast. <laughs> I don't do drugs, but I love druggy music. <laughs> I kind of hope David said this, but I feel like this is one you made up. That was a David Getter quote. Oh my God. <laughs> I reckon and finally, done a pinger at some point. That's oh, surely. Remember that video of him where he's absolutely peeking out of his absolutely mind at the gacked. festival? Yeah. yeah. Come on, yeah, guys. Come I'm not on. fooling anyone. Come they all say now. that. <laughs> we know the Dance music is protest music. It's a revolution. Oh. Is this what he said when he dedicated that song to George Floyd that time on a rooftop? <laughs> where he played I Have a Dream. Where, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I was trying to remember what the song was. He literally played I Have a Dream with a beat. Oh, my God. God bless David Getter, but social cues are quite... No, missing a few. I'm going to say that that was... I'm going to say that was a David Getter quote, though. That sounds very poignant. Nah, I made it up. God damn it! And that's the game. (laughs) Making shit up. Very nicely done. Very nicely done. Stars. Um, Good fun. Right. What do we do now? Where well, do we go you've got to give me your top three, your bottom song, yep, and a score out of ten. Oh, all right. And do it quickly because I need to go the, to the loo. All okay, that talk you, about waiting we myself want for the, the Justin Bieber thing to happen again. Okay, best song without you. Close second. Where them girls at? And I also think that I can only imagine with old mates was actually a very, very good song. And I think with a different yeah. key vocalist, although he did kill it, would be great. Um, worst <laughs> song has to be I Just Wanna F with Timbaland and Dev. It's so bad. It's horrendous. Um, rating, uh, you know what? The strength of the strong songs on it, the strength of the top end of the, of the list is so good yeah. that I reckon it's it's a seven. It's a seven, seven and a half for me. Seven. Wow. I just think there's such there's such juggernaut records and there's such excellent oh. dance records that yeah, it's a seven from me. Maybe I'm being too nice. 
All right, my top would be without you. Yeah. Where them girls at? Yep. And titanium. Yeah. I've got to say titanium. And so then I think the bottom one is I just want to F as well. I think that's the worst one. Just tacky. The Jesse J one's pretty horrendous too. Yep. We had a suggestion actually by another one of my housemates to do Jesse J as a flop star. And I can't believe we haven't already done it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that at some point. Put it down. Not Um, this season because we're busy. Anyway, the, um, (laughs) the score out of 10 I'm giving it is a four and a half. Really? That feels low. That feels way too but low. But as an album, and we're rating it as an album, I thought it was verging on unlistenable. Yeah, true. From start to finish. It's very yep. overwhelming. Yep. Yeah. Overwhelming's the word. No, that's fair. Well, you're giving it a seven. You're basically I... walking home with a Grammy if you're in charge. Yeah, it's... <laughs> should've. <laughs> it, it almost should've... did. It got nominated. Did it? Beat it. Holy yeah. shit. It's astonishing. Yeah. Um, excellent. All right. Is that us done? Yeah, don't wrap it up like it was a No, I'm ball. not. I don't want it. It's on to the next thing. I just. I mean, look, I am. You can see what's going <laughs> What are you going to do? You're, yeah, I mean, you're literally on water. holidays with a broken toe. There's not much else you can do. So I wouldn't yeah. be running away from me so quickly. It doesn't hurt I'm the that one who's sitting here cross legged because I couldn't. To barely hold it in it for another second. <laughs> well, do you want to keep it. going? It's a, it's a pleasure to be here every week. <laughs> Rate us on Spotify because our rating is really low for some reason. And um, whoever the fuck did that, by the way, go and fix yourself. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just getting aggressive with the. We'll find you through Optus. We We're going to we'll find it through down. the Optus data <laughs> breach. Optus. <laughs> Um, yeah, give us a re- give us a review on there. Send it to a friend. Um, and thank you very much for listening. We had um, we don't like to get into the statistics, but we had a very good week last week. So yes, and if you're brand new, if you've discovered us on TikTok or Instagram, we appreciate having you on board. And Wait, can I s- talk yeah. about the concept we're launching next week? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Little teasers to next week's episode. So for charity, we're auctioning off Nick, and he's going to go and do <laughs> housework for one of you for a week. <laughs> We've always talked about philanthropy and this is the best way that I can <laughs> No. No, what are we really doing? What we're doing is there are two episodes this season. I mean, I would say what I am doing next week is charity for you, but go on. I th- I think you're going to like this. Anyway, we won't say what it is, but there's two episodes in the season. One where I have picked the album and one where Nick has picked the album. And there's yes. been no discussion, no ifs, no buts. So next week we are doing an album that I have wanted to do since we started this show. And you've said no. You've said quite nasty things, I've actually. refused but, to do this record by this artist. Okay, but, but you ha- the rule of this is you have to go into it with an open mind. Yeah, I will. I, I will. think you're going to enjoy R. Kelly by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll catch you next week. <laughs> Bye.